we are going now. Welcome to the third episode of The Apocalypse Comes Beat Me. I forgot to say the word if, so that's cool. Welcome to the third ah, episode. Clap. Clap. Take two. Clap. Okay, start over. Welcome to the third episode of If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me, also known as Four Star Mary. Uh, my name is Kelly. My name is Daniel. My name is Stacia. Who has been here since the very beginning. Stacia was here from the the inception of this. Yeah, she was great last episode. So this is not a recap show. This is a show vaguely about Buffy the Vampire Slayer where we say hopefully funny things and maybe enlighten people to nothing. Cue the theme song. episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But to put us in the mood, we're going to talk about some news that was happening this week in 1997. MTV news song. Well, I think I'll Okay. So here's where I'll put the news in for myself. Hey, Daniel, what's up? Yeah. Okay. Now we're going to come back. And some new releases this week in 1997. This would be March the week from March 10th to March 17th. Yep. Uh, and it, records used to come out on Tuesday, so it came out pretty much right after the right after Buffy. Um, we're going to put these in our playlist, too. So if you look for If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me on Spotify, you're going to find us there. Uh, a couple of the records that came out, one that I think Kelly's going to know and I know is The Mighty Mighty Bostones came out with Let's Face It. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, the Bostones. You ever listen to Bostones, Stacia? No, I no, 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 no Bostones. No, That's fine. Collective Soul? Collective Soul. Oh, yeah. Discipline Breakdown? Are they the ones that did the... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No? Did I make that up? That's a real song. It's the theme song, by the way. Great. Anyway, continue. Morphine? Nope. Like Swimming? Nope. Like the Swimming Eyes? Nope. Hey, that's like a... That's a reference to the show. Uh, Five for Fighting. That's a band. Oh, yeah. Five for Fighting. Message for Albert. Oh, okay. Who's the most famous Albert that you know? From, I mean, Batman, right? That's his name? Alfred. Alfred. Nope, see, not even. Albert Einstein. Einstein. There you go. What's another Albert? Do you know any other Alberts? No. No Great. Alberts. It's a sad day for Alberts no, sad day for Alberts. And then a band that I really like, Blonde Redhead. Oh. Are Blonde Redhead's fans here? No. Nope. Fake can be just as good. <laughs> So kind of a light week for music. <laughs> Sorry to all of those bands. Um, and, and for movies, nothing that I know. So back to the episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So that's all the news. We're done with the news. I feel more knowledgeable. I've been transported <laughs> to 1997 where we had four or five albums that mm, didn't really care about. Right? You like Blonde Redhead, so... That's fine. I only said five albums. Okay. You know what? Look, we're losing already. I don't know why we're still talking about it. Get to the episode. Okay. So this is going to be a cut. Great. (laughs) I can't do you. You're 
Twitch, third episode. Um, I feel like this is where the show kind of sets up what it's going to be episodically. Like, we're going to have a Monster of the Week. Uh, the first episode mainly sets up the big bad for the season, right? We have the master. But this one's just like, hey, did you know we're going to have wacky adventures every week? Here we go. And now we know what to expect, which is cauldrons of paint and people being possessed by their and mothers. Or just paint. And it was totally paint. It was boiling green paint. Right. What else could it be? It seems like heating up paint would be dangerous. There's yeah. got to be a fume and issue, the fumes right? Alone. And that that window was bricked up. There's no ventilation in there. You know, and that's what all that went to Amy's mom's head. And really, that's, that what, that's what did it. That's what did it. She was just trying. That to paint do, is lead based for sure. Yeah, it's 1997. Oh my god, a million percent, it's lead based. So she was just trying to do some fun spell for Amy to maybe make her magic brownies, cosmic brownies, if you will. And instead, we have lead paint cauldron melting her brain and now she's possessing amy so really like paint is to blame it's a good week on the wb <laughs> it's a good start to everything yes i really liked it i liked i liked uh buffy showing up in a cheerleading outfit it was very um, nonchalant the same way that like giles shows up in season what six and like his wizard costume it was just like <laughs> oh, standing there and you're just staring and they just look at each other because That's even after last moment of the whole oh wait, mine too mine too but even after like last week you just don't expect buffy to show up in the cheerleading Although it makes sense because we're definitely going to hit every type of trope in high school. But, mm-hmm. you know, I guess I wouldn't have thought Buffy would become a cheerleader. Yeah. Having not seen the movie and all that kind of stuff. If you're just watching it from the show. I would say cheerleader outfit is loose. We have a skirt that's pleated and yeah. a sweater with a poor patch stapled, I'm assuming, to the corner of it. Do you know who probably stapled it on instead of sewed it? Oh, yeah. That's a staple job. That's Choice! <laughs> Yeah, if, if Joyce was tasked with making Buffy's outfit in any way, shape, or form, it's definitely staples. And not even folded over staples meant to poke her every time she moves. Oh, God. I would imagine. Well, thinking about that, that reminds me of like voodoo dolls, which is kind of what Amy's mom was doing in, in a the way attic. with her Barbie dolls. Yeah. Just poking them and putting, like, I don't know, putting like little bits of cloth over them and like some were naked. And then I imagine her being like, Amy. Did you move my upside down Barbie doll that I had <laughs> hanging from here? Like, you got to get another one. And it's like, Mom, I have to like do a school project. I need it. Why do you take all my old Barbies? Why are they all naked? Why are they all naked? What is happening? Why can't I breathe in this room? And it's like, Mom, <laughs> what's happening? And she wants to call, you know, like to get this resolved with the, with the city. But as we established last week, there's one employee in the city who doesn't give a shit about doing their job at all. And also, I'm not going to let the California Parks and Recreation Department take the fall for this. It's not their fault. It's not their fault. And it wasn't their fault that there is a hellmouth underneath and a cavernous system of tunnels. So they're officially they, off the hook. I, until I can see better evidence that they should be blamed for this, they're off the hook. Yeah. I don't want to besmirch their names, as I said. So, do you? Uh, what are your initial opinions? Or not initial. What are your entire opinions <laughs> of the episode which? Stay true. Yeah, did you, well, first of all, did you watch this live? Like, when did you start watching Buffy? I didn't watch Buffy until way after it finished. Okay. Already. So you watched it all like, together. Netflix yeah. style. Yeah, binged it, but pre-Netflix. Oh, okay. wow. Yeah. So I had a DVD, DVD box set. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> did you have the individual seasons or did you have the whole collection? Individual seasons. That's fair. Clutch. That's fair. So, yeah, what did you think about The Witch? And even Hellmouth in that because you were totally on the other episode, but 
Yes, right. I mean, we know. We already know this. We already know, know but I think for the listener. I've never really liked Witch that much. I feel like the themes they set up for the witchcraft do not hold true after this episode. Like, the weird decorations and scary Barbie dolls and bubbling cauldron of paint are not themes that we see again, but there's a lot of witchcraft and magic that happens. Yeah, Yeah. like, we definitely don't see Willow with a cauldron of paint. Or Barbies. Right? That would be a... Like another That's how you would know character. that well, she fell off the deep end. Is like, Willow, what yeah. are these headless Barbies doing oh, hidden yes. in the closet? That's amazing. In season six, suddenly Willow's room, Tara's like, take this <laughs> shit down. I'm not living in this hellscape. Stop so much- breaking up our windows. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much better than the mind control manipulation. Yes, and, the actual uh, legitimate the relationship of being abuse. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, emotional abuse, no. <laughs> Upside down um, naked Barbies. Yes. You know, heating up paint. Good. Yes. Yes. I think that's good. But I think Amy's mom was a good foil for Joyce. Shows <laughs> a worse mother. Yeah, and, I think, and I think establishing that early is almost essential. Yes. Because Joyce is, and really that episode, I mean, this episode is pretty much, I mean, it's, they're both, we establish things for Joyce and for her mom, uh, Amy's mom. That basically is nostalgic, you know, looking back and like not understanding youth and then one person wanting to recapture it. Mm. It doesn't sound like Joyce really wants that back. Like she, again, listening like in episode one and two, she's listening to her tapes and she wants to be a better mom. (laughs) She's not going to get there for a long time. But I do give her the points for trying and at least, you know, attempting to get with Buffy. Whereas Amy's mom just, there's no way you can tell your kid, like, I'm going to steal your body. (laughs) Like, I want your body. Like, you're a little hottie right now. And I remember when I was 16, oh, I want that body. And what do you want to do with that body, Mom? Well, we can't talk about that on the WB, but that's what—that's the reality of it. It's gross. Yeah. I don't like it. All right. Once you start going down that road, not a fun road to be on. <laughs> okay. Am I the only one thinking of that? Well, I mean, I, yes, obviously. You're recapturing your youth. To what end? What did you do when you were a teenager? Definitely didn't sit home and do nothing, right? Twitter, just your thumbs? Just my thumbs. No, that did not just happen. Sorry. Just saying. It's gross. Anyway, we derailed you with with inappropriate WB. Inappropriate for the WB topic. Cool. This would never happen on Saturday. Oh, God. Well, no, they had a lot of things happen. I didn't want... I well, watched heaven, part of it. They, they dealt with a lot of moment, you know, issues and stuff. No, they would. They would have totally tackled this. Oh, yeah. Later in the yeah. season, doesn't one of them get... Pregnant, yeah, the they do all of it. They, I think they hit it all. Really? But then at the end, they're just like, God loves us, and it's okay. Um, that's the takeaway. That's the takeaway. Yeah. I don't remember a lot of that show, other than the dude's hair, the main guy. Yeah. Is he, he dead? Did he die? Oh, maybe. He was in First Wives Club. I remember that. Oh, my God. So just so when you did know. did that come out? 93, 4, oh. 5? Wait, let me finish. 6? Seven? We can't do that joke again. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's cutting. Gonna cut out. <laughs> Delete it. Uh, but bring it on. I thought of bring it on when I saw the cheerleaders. Oh, man. Only that's what I was going to say for the worst, intro to this episode. worst version of it. Damn it. You know who did what? a version of bring it on? Lin-Manuel Miranda. Really? Yeah. He helped do the like the songs for the musical. Wow. And then I, I didn't know there was a musical. I didn't know either. There was a musical. And I said, we need more Tommy Cale and we need more Lin-Manuel Miranda. And then that would be a troupe worth seeing. Because right now, I wouldn't go to a game. I wouldn't go watch their no. basketball team. Also, Razorbacks, I just want to... I don't know if they're native to California. No. Any insights? I don't know. What I was going to say, yes. maybe you can cut it in somewhere. We'll yeah, see. It's fine. I was going to say, welcome to the Smash 1997 cheerleader hit episode Witch of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. 
but we're I missed it. Like that never happened. Yeah. Okay. It, it's not good enough. <laughs> it's terrible. not good enough. We can just talk about how it's not bringing on, but it is bringing on. Oh yeah. Okay. So everything's related to Buffy, right? Everything in my life is six degrees of Buffy. Part of the reason I watched Bring It On in the first place is because Eliza Dushku is in it. Because everything about Buffy is Buffy. Go figure. <laughs> and by some truth bombs. Truth bombs. Everything about Buffy, I mean everything about life. I also watched uh, Can't Hardly Wait because people from Buffy were in it. I downloaded the soundtrack from that movie because people from Buffy were in that movie. And end up finding The Sneaker Pimps, which is like that album, uh, Becoming X, is one of my favorite albums ever. Like... My whole life, deep cuts. Sorry, Buffy just affected everything. Thank you. The sneaker pimps. Yeah, man. They're a British band. They're a trip hop British band. They have like three albums, but the Coming X had like a female singer on it, and she's amazing. Tribal art display is as inanimate as Joyce. No, oh, yeah. As she is a mother. Uh, they're setting things up. I kind of like it. They're setting up not only Amy's mom being in the in the statue or whatever. Which we get a good gag with which in we season get two. In a us. bunch of stuff. Yeah. yeah. But also we're setting up the, the mask thing and her tribal art that she's opening and putting in her gallery or whatever fake thing. That Joyce says she's doing while Buffy goes to... It's like the opposite of what would happen. It's like you you tell your kid you have a job instead of like your significant other. It's like, Buffy, yeah, I'm definitely going to work. I have to leave the house. And then she goes off to school and then Joyce is back home eating nothing, doing nothing. <laughs> you, you think Joyce's job is a lie? She's I think Joyce is completely job. lying. Absolutely. She's in she's in some weird pyramid scheme, scheme where she can like barely afford the house, but she's trying <laughs> her best. It's probably parenting tapes. Daniel's probably right. Like, what kind of tiny town with 47 churches and one club is going to have, like, a, big a really enough, obscure like, museum of, like, bizarre African artifacts that and don't forget people the, and turn the them into zombies? graveyards. I mean, yeah, yeah exactly. This town, Man. which we tried to discuss a little on episode one, doesn't make any sense. But I think you're even, you're right on that front. Who's going to these art galleries? Yeah. What? No one's going to no these art going. galleries. And then... Okay, we're just going to... Joyce's job isn't real. Oh, while we're talking about Joyce... Yes. uh, She's a terrible mom throughout the the first three seasons. But Buffy got to roast her in this episode when she was like, the yearbook? Uh, Nerds make fun of yearbook people. And Joyce is like legitimately offended. Like, I was on yearbook? And that was like the best time of my life. And how dare you? So that made me really happy. And I think that Buffy got her vengeance and I appreciate that. Yeah. A little bit of, mom, you're a terrible mom. Boom, you're a nerd. Peace. It's good to see Joyce brought low. <laughs> That's what we're all here for, is to watch Joyce fall in her face. I hope she doesn't die, because then I'll feel bad. Because then I'll feel bad. All right. <laughs> so Nazi undertones are pretty prevalent in this episode. We get a whole Heil thing from Willow, which was just hilarious. Uh, just... What's happening? I don't know. There's a Why lot of... Why Sunnydale... Is there like a... 
you know, she's bringing the African artifacts. Is there like a little fake museum down on the corner that's like a bunch of Nazi paraphernalia from back in the day? And like Willow just visited with her mom or dad, which I don't remember ever seeing. Does she have parents? She does. Her mom is in one episode. She's in Gingerbread. Uh, Like I know her parents' names are Sheila and Ira. So theoretically, Ira Rosenberg is around somewhere, but we never see him. So at least Sheila's walking around. She's like co-chairing Moo in Gingerbread. So keep an eye out for that um yeah the nazi thing's interesting because in the first at least first season maybe even throughout the show they do reference nazis a lot like that's the butt of the joke a lot of the time and i mean nazis are a joke in the sense that they're horrible but they're also see i feel like it's less you can't it can't be jokey now in the, the world that we live in it's like nah, we are on the cusp of a fascist crazy takeover nazi like one-liners not so funny anymore i don't know if they had a heyday maybe 97 was their heyday but now it's like oh this is just weird everyone's awkward and afraid jewish now. cemetery is being desecrated yeah uh, yeah it's not, it's not as funny well, also like think I said, of their I graveyards think of their 88 graveyards right I mean, think of the cleanup who's paying for that just the individual grave sites or California Parks and Recreation. Right. I mean, who's who's doing this? Whenever they get destroyed or like exploded by well, a vampire mouth really clears that up. Right, Sunnydale does. Oh yeah, once it's a crater, no one cares. Although there's a secret government facility underneath the crater. Oh, the next season eight comics, didn't you know? Oh, that's right. And Amy's gonna be a huge part of that. So little Amy Madison, she's gonna come back multiple times as a rat and as a terrible friend. She comes back, but don't forget Crater Amy. Crater Amy is a thing. Oh, you're right. She is down there. <laughs> yeah, eh? right. like she Warren's her Warren. boyfriend. Yeah, skinless Warren. Oh, <laughs> I forgot you haven't read the comics yet. No. Skinless Warren is a thing. Yeah. Yet yeah, you mean never? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's amazing. But yeah, skinless Warren, prepare yourself. And, How do you? I'll uh, save yours to prepare, so you're good. Well, yeah, that's true. I don't know how he's alive. Oh, I guess magic, right? That's magic. it's always magic. So what do we got next? So what do Amy, we have through your notes? Well, I have, I have Amy is going to become Scabbers, and I <laughs> Scabbers, and I like that, mm-hmm. and I like that there are cages in places, and I just think of Amy becoming a rat. <laughs> oh, I know. yeah, it's kind of nice because it reminds me, you know, when we're in the library and there's the cage, and I think Oz is going to be in there. That's true. I'm like, that is hey, fun. Oz is coming. And then I just see like a bird cage, and I'm like, yeah, I think Amy could chill there and be the fine. cages of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. There's a lot of cages, apparently. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you gotta. Do There's at least there. two. There's at least two. I like when Xander yells, "Hey, they're posting a list." <laughs> I think he says the list because he's referring to. Oh, he the didn't just say a list, but it would be more. It would be way better if he was like, "Yes, love list. Organization is my thing." Yes, and I just want to say above his shoulder. Was the word lost? Lost. <laughs> so there's a very much brownies are a part of this episode. It's like the Amy's like, oh, I used to do this fun thing where I would eat brownies, and then my mom turned into this horrible witch person. Blah blah blah. So when we like the jig is up, Buffy is dying. Giles is dragging her into Amy's house to figure it out. Amy in Catherine's body is eating some brownies and those are straight up Little Debbie peanut brownies. She did not make those. In no world are those real ass brownies that she should have any kind of emotional attachment to. Those are store-bought cellophane wrapped Little Debbie brownies. You're not fooling anyone. Good try. It does sound pretty good though right now. 
I just like who goes through the effort of, of putting those on a plate? That's yeah. really where the mystery comes in for me. I feel like you eat those shamefully straight out of the wrapper. You don't take the time to separate like them kind of like and a put them on a plate. Type situation where they're mm-hmm. like getting all weird. I think my that's something I feel like my mom would like have to. Yeah. Yeah. Just be like I just want to please everybody and like just even if this is little Debbie, we all know. Like everybody does it, <laughs> so we all out. know. <laughs> So it's only us that don't know mm. that everything we've ever eaten is just cellophane wrapped. Oh nothing. man, that's, that's a joke. Oh, that's, that's I was gonna say that's a thing on Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, that nope, just that movie that one time with Robin Williams. Oh, also was on a show with Sarah Michelle Gellar that got canceled. So yeah. see, everything is Buffy. Everything is Buffy. Just so we all know. What are lesser Cretans? Do you have a, Do you have a hot take on Xander being a Cretan or his Cretan level? I would think he would fall into the lesser category. I think he was overselling himself. So you think Xander's position as like king of the Cretans, or whatever he says, right? He says, "Oh, is that yeah, yeah." I'm the. Well, I think he's so aggressively mediocre that even in comparison to Cretans, he couldn't be the king. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) I mean, his sweater pretty much just sells the aggressive mediocrity. That I think that's the whole point of Xander. And Xander kills it oh, in the aggressive mediocrity. And I liked him in this episode. I want to say I really, really enjoyed Willow and Xander. And I think it's really fun to look back on these shows because we've watched a lot of TV, all three of us. But I I don't remember shows within the first three episodes have like the banter of Willow and Xander be so organic. I love them hanging out to each other. Oh, yeah. You together. definitely buy that they've been right away forever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I know we've all seen it, you know, a bunch of times. So we watch clips throughout the years, but it feels real. It feels really good, mm-hmm. and and even Buffy is so fun in this episode and plays all these kind of different varying roles from being the crazy cheerleader, you know, taken over by by um, Amy's mom to being like just kind of the regular. And then she's like the detective, you know, like I can't even talk to Xander right now. Yeah, she was she was a lot of fun, and you can buy their friendship even right away. It's kind of fun. That's why I can't shut up about the video quality because for me, this is almost like watching it for the first time again. Like I'm able to visually see stuff I might not have seen yeah. before. And like, I don't know. It just, it feels new. It feels way fresh and I appreciate it. Sorry, not sorry, Joss Whedon. I think it's great. Um, yes, friendships are great. Okay. Friendships are great. <laughs> I like friendships. I like friendships too. Nice guy. TM. Oh, so that's a good that's a good one right there. So he definitely is one hundred percent. I mean, right there. Twenty years later, nice guy TM for sure. But being a horny teenager, I remember being him mm. at that age. This is where we get down weird little concepts because in watching this right now, that's absolutely what's going on. But he's also just a horny kid. 
is there any saving grace for Xander? Because he's always no. going to be this way. <laughs> <laughs> for you. But I mean, is there? I mean, if he's just a, you know, because he gets better. He's not, he's not always hung up on Buffy for the entire series. But he remains a nice guy through the whole series. He does. I mean, he's always in it for himself. Him and... not, like, obsessing about Buffy is, is definitely a relief. Uh, but then we transition. Well, it's almost a point, though. I mean, like, that's. If you were writing this, even in like a, obviously it's a great show and everything like that. But if you were going to look for certain types of tropes, I mean, somebody obsessed with Buffy, I would, I would want to write that. I would want to write somebody like that in a show like this, a high school setting. Yeah, well, I feel like the that boy is chasing the prettiest girl, ish, and, right? Like, huh? but the problem is that he's never critiqued within the show itself for what he's doing. The show condones his actions, which are not okay. Yeah. Like in the Bewitched, Bothered, Bewildered, when he he doesn't rape Buffy. He mm. has the courtesy to not rape Buffy. Mm. And, and the show is like, yay! <laughs> oh, so it's moments right. like that. Oh, yeah, because she's all under the spell yeah. and all like essentially drugged out, right? Oh, like that's, that's what the, the allegory is there. And he doesn't do it. And we're supposed to be like, that's right. Xander is exalted above all men. What a not, good guy. Yeah. Not doing that. That's true. Um, and he pads himself on the back for it too. Like you don't know how hard it was to not rape you. <laughs> oh my God. Does anybody else pat him on the back though? I think the show does implicitly. They set him up as like some sort of hero in that episode. Like he made a mistake, but like it was. Do you think he's vindicated a for him? Years ago, would I'm just trying to be devil's advocate. Do you think he would be a course correction from other types of characters? Because I mean, he's supposed to be just like in the way that Buffy is the hero. He's not the hero, so he's one of the girls or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, looking at it through a 20-year lens, I don't think us watching it then would have got that. I think you're right, because even they were adults making this. Right. So that's, I understand. Maybe that's the point. I mean, I'm we're also a very now. different person than when I first started watching. I think we all are, and that's the point, right? I think like 20 years go by, you certainly... You no. Know. You're not? I, I disagree. Oh, you wouldn't? <laughs> you wouldn't? Well, I, I think for a well, show to implicitly approve Xander's actions by never actually having Buffy say, back the F off, you're my friend, and I've made that very clear, stop trying to get in my pants, without her doing that, even though the, she's the hero with having like that rape scene with Spike, like Joss Whedon has some messed up thoughts about sex and what is okay, and I think for him, Xander is like himself idealized as a high school boy in the show but Buffy is touted as being so incredibly feminist so I think it's fair and should be critiqued when it does incredibly unfeminist things mm. like praise Xander for not being a rapist or murder only female recurring cast members which I realized watching it this most recent time through before we started uh, doing the podcast that the only people that die on the show that are recurring characters are women I that out. yeah Nice. So, but, like, what? Just I mean, we, not nice. But, not yeah, nice. but like, it's it, this show is heralded, like, unparalleled. And especially well, every okay. single 20th yeah. birthday thing article that's come out is like, Feminist Buffy is feminist for feminists. And it's yeah, like... I think even Ugh. watching that the first time, it's... Yeah, it never... That never didn't strike me. But... I don't know. Yeah, they, they, these shows take on weird lives of their own where people just, like, really want it to be one thing. And that's certainly mm-hmm. not that. But I think, yeah, it's like a weird, like, oh, super oversight or at the very least. I mean, I don't think it's on, on purpose or anything, but it's like, yeah, you're writing this this idea of yeah what you want to be or how you wanted it to be. I think were. the problem is we stopped 
right? Like Buffy, Buffy's the feminist superhero show that everybody needed, and now we fixed inequality. Well, what, and we, so we haven't made anything better, right? Like nobody's made it because we did it. Buffy fixed it. And it's like, no, shit's still broken. And we haven't had like a course corrected version of modern day Buffy enter the scene. I guess we're trying to with Supergirl. I don't know. I watched part of it, like the first two episodes of the first season, and it was rough. Like I couldn't really get through it. It was kind of a slog. I might go back to it now because there's a lesbian on it now. <laughs> So, you know, that's that's all I need. That's that, my end. Okay. That's see, my end. That's so. all you need to watch the show. <laughs> so so we'll I think see. it's also, I mean, I think the one thing to clarify, too, is that we watch different TV sh- I mean, it's, yeah, I don't know. All of this is, this is great. I mean, this is all incredibly interesting. Um, and these are things that we're going to definitely talk about as we go on, because I think some of these episodes are kind of insane. And we also have huge problems with race. So, so what do you like, there's no, there's never minority characters on the show except for, like, the, the like in season player. two, it's like, oh yeah, we forgot about black people. Let's add, oh Kendra. That we'll still happens Kendra. now. Oh yeah, I know it does. But like, you should still point that stuff out when it happens. Yeah. Like, I no, love yeah. this show. It has giant flaws. These are some of the flaws. Not as feminist as it claims to be. There is a huge lack of yeah. diversity. These are problems. Absolutely. So yeah, there are always problems. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Now that we've said that, yeah, do you have show, more to? Well, I did think it was interesting. I only watched the like original not aired pilot test pilot oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. recently and they okay. switched out Willow as the character. Right. And I thought it was interesting considering the lack of diversity in the cast that they switched out a plus-sized woman for someone who's incredibly thin and attractive and then nerded her up to fit her stereotype without actually committing to casting someone who would be actually ostracized yeah. in yeah. high school. Well, they also were like patting themselves on the back for. Well, I heard that casting, that was the network uh, saying that they needed a recast. Yeah, Willow, that was probably for yeah, yeah that idea. That's well, exactly the actress reason. on top of like not being you know she's too fat for TV. She also uh, played the character a lot different. I know, so I feel what, like that's what I've heard. That too. was part of it, but yeah, uh, yeah I mean they like, they patted themselves on the back for hiring Tara. Joss Whedon didn't want to hire Amber Benson because she was not real thin and didn't fit the fucking she he's like i was envisioning her as being bird like and thin and tiny and wayfish like so you weren't like going to hire other her. characters like yeah exactly other. like every other woman that's ever been yeah. on this show so like buffy like buffy like anya like cordelia like, like all of them yeah yeah so that's also a problem what are they doing with the bodies get back to work no I've been here for weeks. I'm not scrubbing one more corpse until you tell me why I'm doing it. You will know why. When? When it's time, not before. Get back to work. Oh, I think that's the important part about consuming any media. It's yeah. it's not that you can't watch a show or like a show, even though it's problematic. It's that you recognize that these are problems and things that can be better. So when talking about the show, you should also actively be critiquing those things that are lacking. And that's what we're doing right now. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. I love this show. I will never not love this show. It has huge problems. It does. The end. I feel like. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. You're not a lot. Like, it would be different if we were just lauding the show and, like, this can do no wrong. Everything about it's perfect. Let's just have uh, an hour long, like, wank fest to Joss Whedon about how he's omnipotent. And just the best say thing all that the greatest, uh, all the lines. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like just quote verbatim. But that's not it because there is problems. But also, the yeah. show is great and funny and it makes me happy. So we can talk about and, those things too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even taking it from the time period to now. All the oversights that Buffy didn't fix, there were certainly things that Buffy did fix. Mm-hmm. So this is the difference between living and not living. Easy.
Giles establishes himself as a liar oh. by saying it was his first casting. You're when and he's doing this so, if you haven't watched the show before, you wouldn't know that, but he has obviously dabbled in magic before. There's no way that's your first time. No. He did a great job. Yeah, he's like, uh, I think I know exactly how to do this by accident. I took Latin and also once I know exactly what this is by briefly touching a wrist. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, you seem slightly sweaty. Give me the dry ice because I know that's needed. This is definitely a bloodstone <laughs> vengeance spell. It's Quick, grab the frogs. Take their eyes out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Giles the liar. He definitely doesn't have a tattoo on his arm that when he was part of a weird teenager drug sex cult of magic. That's right. Definitely doesn't have Definitely it. not a thing. It's definitely, definitely not something not we explore. Going to possess and traumatize his girlfriend who ends up dying. That also doesn't happen. I know we spoil things, but even that hurt for me because I forgot <laughs> every single bit of that. <laughs> that uh, Ouch. That sucks. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, back to Giles. Who do you think Giles likes the best? Of the Slayerettes. Oh. Gang. Yes. That was great because you can't even bleep that out because you said at the same time you said Slayerettes. <laughs> you're screwed. So Slayerettes. Uh, he's like, guess what? I'll start from I'm now. I'm going to re-edit this. <laughs> I'll take it all out. I'll, I'll take out the whole episode. I'll be out the whole episode. I don't care. Uh, so who does Giles like best? I think Willow is his favorite for sure. Uh, he obviously has a paternal love for Buffy. He says as much, like explicitly says that in later episodes. Or rather, Quentin Travers says, like, he has a father's love for the girl. And like, that's a bad thing, right? So he loves Buffy for sure. A, I don't like that impression. No. Well, it's because it wasn't even a British. I didn't even, I was just yeah, doing annoying trying. older guy who's being patronizing. That's what I was going for. That's good. Actually, that was fine. Uh, so he loves Buffy, but I think Willow is his favorite. Like, if he was going to hang out with any of them, I feel like mm. he would hang out. Because he would have the most in common with Willow, I feel like. Yeah. So as much as you yeah. can have in common with a 16-year-old girl when you're, like, a 57-year-old British librarian. <laughs> yeah. It's true. <laughs> the appropriate amount of in commonness. And we do. Yes. I have so. the appropriate amount of in commonness. Who, who do you think is his favorite? If I were to rank them, I would say Willow as well. Yeah. Willow, then Buffy, because it's just, you can't really escape that. But then we're talking about other people, right? So, you know, Xander would be at the obvious third choice because he's always there. And they have a begrudging sort of like, I think that Giles like respects his dedication and all those kind of things. He's there. He doesn't abandon them. He doesn't leave. He doesn't, uh, he might whine or joke or whatever. But I think there's redemption for Xander. He gets a good arc. Xander gets a fine arc. But then we have Spike. We've got Angel. Well, Giles and, actively hates Spike. But I think he enjoys... Do you think he likes it on some level? Like, he enjoys... The banter? The, like the, the banter, because Spike is just on money. Yeah. Uh, I think that part of him probably does like it. I think he hates Angel. I think he would hate Angel, because Angel. Angel's uh, ridiculous. Well, the torture also. Uh, he did torture Giles and kill his girlfriend. So I feel like you're going to hold a grudge a little bit. Even the best among us would be upset. If Even though we spoil, I forgot about that. And I literally just me. talked about it. I know, but I forgot about <laughs> it. the torture of Giles. Oh, yeah. It's the end of season two, man. Yep. That's rough. It is rough. Yeah. It's sad. Passion's going to be a hard one. I think Passion is the first hard episode yeah. where, like, for me personally, I don't know. Everybody else might have a different take. Maybe Buffy losing her virginity. Maybe, like, Innocence is the toughest one for oh, people yeah, for yeah. the first one. But, yeah, I think Passion, him the killing. Are there any in this Jenny season that are even on? See, in my head, season one is always of that level where it's kind of like the 
the lesson of the week, baddie mm-hmm. of the week, you know, and that doesn't go away really for the rest of the show. But yeah, they don't really start getting like crazy. Until uh, what season. about Buffy dying? Isn't yeah, I was, gonna, I was just going to say, yeah, the, the end, end of this season, this well, yeah, season I, finale, she has a moment where she says something like, I'm 16. I don't want to yeah. die, Giles. Yeah, yeah that's that would really, be the only tough, one that yeah. I would think that's a would even again. get up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, but otherwise, it's just kind of like a weird. Joss Whedon's opinion. He thinks oh. the pack, the hyena oh, episode, right. is that's really right. dark. We didn't know how dark we could go. Which actually, it's trying Cannibalism. to take cannibalism. Yeah, yeah, trying to take dark. it objectively, it's like it is messed up. They legit eat a person. Also, they sort of walk around and pretend to be dogs, which is not really. It's hard to take one with the other. It really is. So it's true. And and what they do really well throughout the whole series is, I mean, the prosthetics and everything are great. And I love people, you know, I know people love the costumes and watch it for that. But I think what they do really well is with with the things that don't need to have, you know, it's the psychological the monster makeup, the more the human stuff. Exactly. The human stuff is the scariest thing. The waking up without a voice or knowing everyone's thoughts. Like Those are kind of those are trippier. And those are trippier, you know, concepts than just, you know, a scary praying mantis like, that's cool <laughs> we'll take the praying mantis out but how can you take out like what somebody thinks of you yeah and like deep down to the core that's what That was the episode. That was the part of this episode that we talk about that episode. Right? What? This is part of this podcast episode that we talk about that episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Right. And that episode has ended. Yes. That episode part of this episode is over. So now. We're episodically talking about. We're episodically talking about the next part. So. This. This is terrible. (laughs) What's happening? We led into the glory days. Yes, we led into the education corner so well, and now where are we? We're, We're going lost. To education corner. Lost. <laughs> okay, so let's go to the education corner. You gotta tell me what the lesson is right. today. So Kelly, what are we supposed to learn from this episode of Buffy? In later seasons of Buffy, the moral code like the moral lesson we're supposed to learn from every episode kind of wanes but these first two seasons especially have a pretty clear after school style message and this one is obviously thou shalt not covet youth nor popularity because there will be consequences burning hands blindness and otherwise icky parental weirdness Mm, very icky yes it's almost like she wanted to recover her glory days Glory days. I don't even know what song that is. It's a really first thing. We'll, we'll listen to it. We'll listen oh, we'll it. pop it on. Uh, so, Stacia, what do you did you learn? Do you feel like you're a more moral yeah. person? Do you intend to capture the teenage youth of an unsuspecting victim and re- like take their body over? I think um, I'm kind of on Joyce with this one. Who never want to be never. a teenager. <laughs> I wouldn't want to go back to being 16, I don't think. I don't think that that's like something that really mattered know. to me. I'm sure for other people it, it does. It really is their best time of their lives. Yeah. And clearly Amy's mom got real deep dark with right. like, this was a fine home that I was raising, but now this attic's about to become this den and this is what I'm doing now. 
And then she just woke up one day and was like, this sucks. So I just need to take over my daughter's body. <laughs> and then make her be me. And the then be fine. pretty clear. Can you imagine Amy's mom as Amy coming home and Amy and Amy's mom's body having to like cook dinner and stuff? She was just playing mom. I was wondering who did the grocery shopping. Yeah, right. And then it's like, good night, mom, says Amy's mom <laughs> in Amy's body or the other way around. Scratch that, I think all it. the momming has broken down at yeah, this point. Just, oh, I can't even imagine. <laughs> she just has a prisoner who she brings cosmic brownies to sometimes. Yes. But there's no reason that Amy can't walk away. Well, I mean, why would you? You're Amy's mom's body, but like, yeah. you're also an adult, and you could like really you could take that clout somewhere. You if know? you were raised by a woman crazy enough to steal your body, you probably have some hesitation with like leaving. Do you think she was always crazy, or did it something snap in her, or she had that? bubbling culture well, and forever has a line about like saying my dad called her a witch but i just thought you know he meant the b word we can't say on the wb yeah uh so i think that she's always been at least a witch Fashion. if not a, a witch that is also unhinged so i think that that's it's definitely that's a good, not a good home to be living in uh, as a child amy also comes home and and uh or rather, Catherine and Amy's body comes home and is like, do my homework, you stupid dum-dum. I know. And uh, she does. So, yeah, one should assume that Amy in Catherine's body is doing the shopping, timidly pushing her cart around the corner, like, oh, more brownies? What if mom puts Maybe you know, that's that why they were the, the Debbie, the little Debbies, because she doesn't know how to cook brownies. Also, yeah. she doesn't know how to, like, make anything. It's like, mom, how do I make the meatloaf? And then Amy's mom as Amy is just like, shut up, mom. It's like, that's not helpful because I can't make the brownies. You are the mom. I just have your body. That's chaos. And also, I would love to see an episode of TV that tries to tackle the internal dynamics of Amy and Amy's mom just in the in the family home. Yeah. So, we can only hope There's a little the reboot of Buffy will be <laughs> just about Amy and Amy's mom. Real deep on Amy and Amy's mom. Oh, phrasing. Shut up. <laughs> That was about as terrible as you could have put that. I'm so sorry, America. I'm sorry, everyone. at the same time so it shows up one two three so let's get into some ranking let's see where which lies in the buffy hierarchy so i've got a couple criteria that i've come up that i think will fit season one pretty well uh one is willow hacks something slash we talk about the net quote unquote this one we definitely have some willow getting excited about hacking things so i'm going to say that of 10 we get about a seven we get a seven on the hacking willow doing something so okay 
Uh, Joyce is a terrible mom. She's she's rolling about seven or eight, seven or eight on the terrible mom scale, right? Uh, ridiculousness of the monster of the week slash the big bad. This one is actually pretty cool. So I would say that this one probably low, like two two points because that's a negative thing, right? I don't know. It's it is this is already falling apart. Uh, friendship. How good friends? Good. How good of friends are we? Right now. How good of friends are we? Well, yes, but also oh. Buffy and her friends. Do you think we're better friends than Buffy and them right now? Oh, like at so... their part, you know, in the show. Mm-hmm. Are we better friends than them? I don't know. They look, that's a pretty idealized friend group. Yeah. And they're going off on adventures and stuff. We don't really we gotta have work. Adventures. We gotta like do stuff. We gotta be adults. You know, it's better to be a kid. Maybe we should all inhabit 16 year old kids' bodies. I don't know if and you can say you that without sounding really creepy. <laughs> I think you already won on creepy <laughs> saying for this podcast. Um, I think that they're all like the first three seasons. Everybody's great friends. Buffy especially is super primo friend. Number one. This episode is like super empathetic to Amy wanting things to be better. We got a nine on the friendship scale. Out and of 144 or out, out of 10? 10? Out of 10. Yeah, this 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 ranking is one out of that. ten. Math got way too crazy last yes. week. Okay. And uh, Giles, uh, level of tweed. He was hard with the tweed jacket this episode. Uh, glasses cleaning slash glasses removal. This is all one category. Basically, Giles being Giles. How hard of a Giles is he being? How many times did he clean his glasses? He didn't, but he did remove them. So I'm going to say we got tweed glasses removal. He's at seven, eight, seven point five. Peak Gilesness. Uh, I'm not actually going to add that. I'm going to say this episode gets a 32, but 32.5. There you go. Nice. Thank you for keeping me Whoa. honest. Oh, and last week on the old math scale, you you gave it a 50. Sure. But I feel like this one's going to be higher than the other one. I can't promise it won't be different every episode. I really don't think it will be. But as far as actually ranking the episodes, I think what the best thing to do going forward is. We've only reviewed three episodes, right? Reviewed yes. loose term. We've kind of talked about three episodes of Buffy the Vampire Oh, we've reviewed Slayer. this in depth. <laughs> so I would say I place this in the, the three episodes that we watched being the Hellmouth. Okay, Welcome so you want to have two separate rankings. Because, okay, so you guys are going to rank basically on what we've already watched. Right. So basically by the end of the series, you're going to have to place that somewhere and kind of justify where it goes versus. Right. I, I'm going to, I'm going to actually say, I'm not going to join that. I'm going to stay on my old one only because I'm curious how different I am from 2013 when we watched it the first time. And I ranked everything pretty much on that level of scale, uh, you know, season by season and then basically parceled it out. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to randomly pick because I don't plan to look at that for the next seven years. So I want to see how close I am as an old man after watching all of this. So yeah, so we're going to have two separate ranking systems. Mine's going to be random. I'm just going to choose a number where I think it should go. And you guys are going to be a lot more scientific about it. Well, scientific as well. But even ranking one episode to another is better than what I'm doing, which is ranking blank spaces upon a nothing map. Yeah, for me, my not-so-real points are going to be justification that I can use later on for when we need to shift positions. Because this is all evidence. Yes, exactly. This is evidence in the court of Buffy. So, for me, for right now, because it will change. Okay. I have Welcome to the Hellmouth, number one, which, and then Harvest, the Harvest beneath that. Oh, so you're going to split them up. Okay, yeah. so you're, you'll be out of 144. Yes, okay. I'm going to do out of 144. Gotcha. And Seisha, what is your list so far? Of three, what would you 
I would say Welcome to the Hellmouth, The Harvest, and then Witch. Nice. That's easy to keep track of. That's super easy to keep track of so far. (laughs) I am going to put Witch. Now, I know I wasn't very kind to season one, Buffy. So I would imagine this would be down in the hundreds. Yeah, I can see that. But where I'm at right now, I feel I feel okay with it. So I'm going to put it at a... Because I know what's to come. That's my thing. I know what's to come, but I'm not going to be as on it. So I need to leave some room for some better episodes. This was pretty fun. Yeah. I'm going to say that. I kind of really enjoyed this. If I had this lower than like in the 80s or below, I, I could understand why I would do that after the fact because we were watching them quickly. Mm-hmm. Um but I think that that really lessens how good this episode actually kind of is. So I'm going to go ahead and give this a 74. Nice. Number 74. Because I believe I probably put it below 80. I think this is a pretty good episode. So you're going to stand firm on all of these rankings. See, for me, I'm standing firm. for Stacia, we get an easy way out because we can adjust and modulate as we need to. I hope I don't put something at number one that shouldn't be there. Dude, and I'm going to hold you to this. And then I have to fit Restless down to like 120 or and something. And I'm going to laugh at you and I'm going to tell make you tell me why Beer Bad is actually better than Restless in the end. Yeah, we will, um, I think at the <laughs> end of every season, at the end of every season, I'm going to have you look at my list and tell me where they were. Gotcha. Something like that. So we can kind of compare to where I'm thinking things are going. Gotcha. Um, but no, there is no changing it. So this is 74, and I will have to justify why something is going to get taken over for this. We'll find out. Let's nice. See. I do know what my favorites are. That's kind of the downer. Is yeah. that there's no there's yeah, no way, you know, once more is not going to be up there, and body is going to be up there, and Zeppo. But Okay. So I think that's that's the that's end it. of the episode. Thank you for listening. I was going to say let's go to random.org. But that's wrong podcast. Say something nice. Oh, we love you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was nice.